So in this video, we're going to be talking about some of the thought patterns that can be really common for individuals that have high functioning anxiety. And these are some of the things that often we ignore or we sometimes think that they are so normal and so prevalent that it's just the way that everybody operates in the world. And while it is true that it is very common in the modern world to experience anxiety, and anxiety by itself is not a bad thing. There's a reason that our nervous system has this pattern of activated energy that creates all of this output but when it gets too strong, it tips the scale over to where it's no longer helpful and adaptive and it becomes a bit more of a burden and something that holds us back, but something that can really take away our internal enjoyment of our life, kind of takes away a bit of the joy and a bit of the sparkle. So we don't want these patterns to get too strong and we don't want these patterns to be going on within us without having an awareness of them. So awareness is such a key word in yoga, in meditation, that we know what is happening, especially inside of ourselves. So let's look at some of the thought patterns that may be unfolding. So the first one is overthinking, overanalyzing, right? This is a common one. Probably most people at some point have this process of like going back and just like rehashing every detail of a conversation, every detail of a meeting that you were in and just like overanalyzing. Did I do too much of this? Did I do too little of that? Should I have said this? That was a bad thing. I might have offended somebody, right? Just like rolling it around in your head, <laughs> overanalyzing it becoming hyper-focused on that experience and what you should have done a different way or could have done a different way. It becomes this really exhausting internal pattern um, and it doesn't leave very much room for just normal humanness of, yeah, sometimes we don't say things completely perfectly. Um, sometimes we might make a mistake or um, you know, inadvertently say something that somebody might have taken the wrong way, but we can't put that pressure on ourselves to be perfect all the time. And that's where the experience of offering ourselves a little bit of grace, a little bit of wiggle room can take away some of that pressure. But the overthinking, um, and we're going to talk about uh, like rumination and worry patterns, those kind of have a very specific circuit in our brain where something, I think of it like a hamster wheel. There's a hamster wheel in our brain and something gets into that hamster wheel and it just keeps turning and turning and turning. You'll try to think about something else and then the hamster wheel starts turning again, right? You just keep getting pulled back to it. So that's a, a strong rumination pattern that a lot of us will have in our mind. And interestingly, the same pattern is kind of how like a song gets stuck in your head or a certain word will get stuck in your head. It means that that circuit in your brain of like really chewing on something can be strong. So that's something to be aware of. And we have a lot of techniques in yoga that can help us to try to soften that pattern, to try to steer away from that pattern and to move your brain into a different direction. Um, the next one, um, the next one is racing thoughts very quick, quick, all over the place thoughts. 
And a lot of times this is kind of accompanied by that feeling of anxiety, that strong activation that like trickles up into our brain and we're like, did I do this? Did I do that? What if I forgot to do this? Should I double check that thing? I don't know if that's perfect. I better go back and look at it again because there might be a mistake there and that would be terrible. So racing thoughts, um, especially concerning a certain thing that you are worried about and that can create an experience of difficulty concentrating. Um, you can get hyper-focused on certain things and kind of a little bit on the edge of obsessive about making sure that something is perfect and that can make it difficult to concentrate. So you might be um, at your kid's soccer game and you're trying to pay attention to what they're doing in the game and like really be involved, but in your mind you're thinking, I need to go back and reread that email. I think I forgot to add that attachment. That's not a good thing. Like I'm gonna get in trouble at that meeting. Rehashing things in your mind and it's difficult to concentrate on the thing that you are working on, the thing that you're in front of. So that's where a lot of mindfulness techniques can help us to learn grounding and how to anchor into the present moment and take a little bit of power away from some of those thought processes. That can be a helpful thing um, to have like a set of strategies kind of, I always think of it like I tuck it in my back pocket and when I notice my brain like really churning about something, I'm like, okay, let me take out one of those techniques because I really need it right now to pull that energy away. So constantly checking and double checking for mistakes, like a really strong fear, we've talked about that fear of um, disappointing people, a fear of not meeting someone else's expectations, but a fear of not meeting your own incredibly high expectations can create that internal thought pattern of constantly having to go through, did I do that, did I do that, did I do that? Is there anything else that I could try to prevent something from going wrong? Right? That can become a very strong pattern. The next one is fear of criticism. Criticism from yourself or criticism from others. And for most of us, our internal critic is going to say things that are way harsher than any living person would think about saying to us, at least to our face. The internet is a whole different ball game with that stuff. Um, <laughs> And to be on the internet is to open yourself up to criticism. So that feeling of vulnerability that somebody could say something critical to me and that that feels like a really deep cut. It feels very painful, very personal. Um, that can create uh, that need to lean into perfectionism. That if I do things perfectly, then nobody can criticize me then I won't even be able to find fault with it. But we all know <laughs> that even when you do something, quote, perfectly, there's probably something, if your internal patterns of perfectionism are really strong, you'll find something. You will find something to say, well, that wasn't perfect, that wasn't perfect, because the reality of nearly everything is that perfectionism does not exist. So pulling away from that pattern, creating um, a little bit more support and space and grace for yourself can help to soften that and to slowly start to lean into what we call growth mindset of seeing that when we avoid criticism, it stops our growth. We don't get any external feedback that could actually be really helpful and could bring our awareness to something we didn't notice. Um, 
but we feel so vulnerable in opening ourselves up to that criticism or that feedback that we'll try to push it away. And that actually stunts our growth in the long term, which um, is the opposite of what we want. If we're high functioning anxiety, uh, we want that growth, that accomplishment. So there's a little bit of a mismatch there that's kind of interesting, but there's some opportunities to reframe our thinking and to steer in a new direction. So fear of disappointing others and not meeting expectations, that's something that we've talked about. Um, anything that would cause others to look at us badly or to think that we didn't meet their standards would feel almost crushing to us because what others think is so important when you need that positive feedback from the outside. So one of the things that I really like to work on with people is creating an internal positive feedback loop. So it takes away that power of always needing somebody outside of us to say, you did a good job on that. Here's a little pat on the back, right? So we start to work on our own internal patterns of looking at our performance with clear eyes and saying, okay, that was a mistake. Mistakes are okay. It's not the end of the world. This was something that I did really well. I put a lot of effort into it. That went really smoothly. Good job. And having that like more neutral assessment, um, I like to think of it as kind of taking away some of the emotional charge and the emotional heaviness when we're trying to create self-feedback, like really stepping into what we call in meditation the neutral mind or the neutral observer. That is the place that I want to stand in when I'm actually looking at how was my yoga class or how was that presentation that I put together. From that place of connecting to a neutral mind, which is something we practice very regularly in meditation, super helpful. Um, patterns that I'm going to be talking about in my next workshop that I'm very excited about are the presence of cognitive distortions. So anyone who has anxiety or depression or um, mood challenges probably also experiences these cognitive distortions. And these are very specific thinking patterns. There's a whole group of them. There's probably about 15 or more um, of ways that we think that warps our reality. It distorts the way that things actually are. There's a little bit of truth to it, which is why these are so strong. I, I think of them as being like really sticky because part of your brain is like, well, see, that aspect is correct. So this whole statement must be true but it's actually like looking at something through a dirty lens where we focus more on the negative aspects. We focus more on the emotionally heavy aspects of that experience and we kind of amplify that. So an example of this, um, an example that many of us do is the what if scenario or the worst case scenario. Sometimes we'll call it catastrophizing. Like, um, thinking about something that I have to do and then all of a sudden the creative part of my brain <laughs> goes in some direction that ends up with like my whole life is ruined because I made a mistake. It catastrophized. It like took a little minor detail and went off the rails with it to create like the end of the world. Um, and if you have a creative brain, they will come up with all sorts of things. <laughs> And sometimes I have to step back and be like, all right, geez, brain, like, where did that one come from? So 
for me, a little bit of humor and kind of poking fun at some of the processes in my brain is a helpful thing for me. Um, you know, whether or not that works for you is going to depend, but if I can pull in a little bit of humor, like, okay, it went from me going to the store to like ending up dead in a ditch, like uh, dramatic. Yeah, a little bit. So it's a process of labeling the fact that your brain went into catastrophizing mode and then seeing if there is another more supportive pattern that you can put in its place and say, okay, we've seen your catastrophizing. Here it is. It's like a bad lifetime movie. What else can I use my brain for? I can also use my thought process to say, what if things went well? And I might use my skills of visualization to create a scenario where things actually unfold smoothly and nothing catastrophic goes wrong. Can I create that image in my brain and let that image sit there? So it feels very forced and very uncomfortable when you start to shift from the well-worn path of catastrophe and worst case what if scenarios because you've had a lot of practice with that or at least I have and you start to shift over to what if that didn't happen what if it actually went well what would that look like what would that feel like and let that sit in your brain and create a new pattern so shifting the energy over that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about in the um, balancing the mind workshop that we're going to be doing on Saturday. So keep an eye out for that. That's our January workshop. The next thought pattern that we often have in high functioning anxiety is the fear of losing control. And this is something that drives a lot of the effort for accomplishment, for um, double checking things, avoiding mistakes and perfectionism. That if we are not perfect, and we don't put all of our energy to crafting the perfect experience that we will lose control and that things will go very badly. Um, there's this constant like pressure and internal fear that if I don't do the absolute best job on that performance review that my entire career will be ruined and then the catastrophizing jumps in there and it's like and then you'll lose your house and then you'll get divorced and then you'll be dead in a ditch somewhere so um, that fear of losing control and that fear of things falling apart will show up in your cognitive distortions and then you can lean back into that um, process that we just talked about of taking the energy away from that and trying to feed a new pattern, plant a new seed in your brain to find a more helpful, more supportive way of thinking about that. So that's the fear of losing control and the fear of things falling apart. And then the final thing that I'll talk about is just a pervasive experience of stress and pressure. And as I really started to pay attention to my own internal patterns and thinking like, oh my gosh, my job is so stressful. And it was, I had a very intense job in healthcare. And for any of you healthcare workers, you know, it is a fast pace, it is high performance, it is constant output. And there's a lot of skill that's demanded with that position. But in addition to that, I brought in this whole level of personal pressure that I put on myself from that perfectionism, from that worry of something possibly having just a hair of a chance of going wrong, 
all of these different patterns piled on more stress and piled on more pressure until that task that is actually a high demand task feels like it's overwhelming and like you don't have the capacity or the skills to manage that huge burden of stress and pressure. But it's a process of looking back and saying, okay, these are the actual demands of the situation. And then this is how I am adding to my stress. It's a hard thing, right? So looking at yourself and being like, what part am I playing in amplifying my stress? And how are my thoughts beating into that? Are there some cognitive distortions that are showing up that is adding to my stress and fueling my anxiety? So that's a really common one that that stress you just kind of um, pile onto yourself in addition to just the normal, you know, we don't have to look far to find stress. Um, why do we want to add more to it for ourselves? But we get really good at that. So. These are some of the common thought patterns and internal processes that we can experience with high functioning anxiety. And there are so many different opportunities that yoga and meditation give to bring awareness and notice when we're doing these things. We have to notice them first if we want to start to create a shift. So we bring awareness to them and then we see, okay, what tools does yoga, does meditation, does mindfulness give us to create a more supportive, more friendly, more enjoyable internal experience? 